0: I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my own money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're the damn Pittsburgh Steelmen. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. You can't do that this week, sadly, because there's only one game. But next year, or in any other major sport, If you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Outpost podcast episode 131, I think it's 131, that's where wow. we're at right
1: now, could be that's, 132. That is impressive, building a
0: dynasty. A, the dynasty, oh man, I think Ben's got six more years in him, I know <laughs> we have at least six more in here. And everybody, the voice you hear over there, of course, P. Butch, thank you for joining us on the podcast today, P. Butch, uh, P- Papa Tom, I guess he's in the air right now or something, but either way, we're going to hold it down today.
1: I'm excited to be here, Nikki John. It's always this is you know a bittersweet week, always because it's exciting because the Super Bowl has finally arrived. It's always bitter because the Jets are never in it, Damn. Um, and it's even more bitter because it's the last week of football. But uh, it, you know, yeah. I'm honored to be a part of uh, this conversation.
0: No, we're honored to have you. And bittersweet is right. You and I were talking about it all week. It, it's such a bummer of a week, even though it's so exciting, especially since we actually have like an interesting Super Bowl this year to wipe the stench out of our nostrils from last year's crap fest. But it's bittersweet this week uh, for more than one reason. I figured at the top of the podcast, we got to touch on it. Man, Kobe Bryant, this is... uh, Yeah. I know you're not a huge NBA fan, but I think a lot of people, it doesn't even matter if you're an NBA fan or not. This is just... uh, an enormous tragedy. Kobe, for me, personally, was my way into the NBA. I was never an NBA fan. I was a Pitt fan. And then that started to crumble and I watched Kobe Bryant play and didn't realize that sports could look that gorgeous. It's just so smooth and obviously, the dude's a global icon. I feel like it's the biggest death since maybe like a, not to compare these things, but since like a Princess Diana or, or Kurt Cobain it sucks that, uh, I don't know, I, I've been processing it for the past couple days, but...
1: I mean, he truly was an icon. I mean, you know, if we look at football, I think is the best sport in the land. Um, but uh, I think basketball is the, the true international sport now because, you know, not only is it hugely popular in America, but it's popular around the world. You know, I teach at an international boarding school and we have a ton of kids come from Asia and they're massive basketball fans. And what's funny is they pick American names and many of them pick Kobe. Why? Because of Kobe Bryant. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the impact he had around the globe, Um, he was a generational player and one that uh, transcended, I'd say, uh, you know, continents and generations. So, um, yeah, it's a sad loss. It's uh, it's literally unbelievable. I mean, my dad told me yesterday at dinner and um, I didn't get any updates on my phone for probably 30 minutes. I'm sure they were busy confirming it. But um,
0: yeah, tragic. It sucks, man. The tweet that got me the worst is I saw some people posting, like, uh, you know, all throughout our childhoods through currently, even into our adulthoods, we all grew up, whenever you throw something, and any item, like a piece of paper into the trash or actually shooting a basketball, you always say, Kobe. Say, Kobe. (laughs) And, like, to have your name just become a colloquialism, to have kids change their names to your name when they come to the U.S., yeah, that says everything. And one of the, you know, uh, one of, like, the core sort of personality trait of Kobe is in his hard work and the fact that he's this guy uh, where talent and hard work came together in such an unbelievable way that it, like, yielded the results of that You know, that was him being such a dominant player, but he would always talk about uh, the most successful people are the talented people who work like they're not talented. And obviously he was a psychopath with his maniacal work ethic, um, which was one of the reasons why he was one of my favorite athletes. And one of the reasons why Antonio Brown was one of my favorite athletes, because I thought that they sort of shared that unbelievable work ethic. And another guy, Tom Brady, seems to sort of have it, but he doesn't have quite the physical talent uh, side that Kobe had. And it's uh, he's a guy who motivated and inspired people in he transcended sports. It's, It's he's just like a cultural icon. When you have one name that pretty much says it all.
1: Yeah, and he sort of uh, took the torch from Michael Jordan. You think of icons of the NBA, and obviously there are great players known worldwide, but Michael Jordan was the face of the NBA, and then Kobe took that torch for a while. Now LeBron's got it. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly Kobe was, I would say, Michael Mm 2.0. Maybe not necessarily, you know, the debate seems to be LeBron versus Jordan now that the kids love to talk about. But LeBron, right. um, Kobe's much more an alpha, I would say, than LeBron. Not to say LeBron isn't, but um, yeah, of course. You know, Kobe seemed to more uh, resemble Jordan's mental uh, approach to the game of basketball and how he played on the court. So, yeah, again, tragic. Yeah,
0: and and his impact off the court to kids and generations of people who were growing up. It's like we can split hairs on how good the three of them were, but the impact culturally that Kobe had. And it's just so sad, uh, the fact that he also just... We watched the dude grow up like for my entire life, he was in the NBA and you know, started as a cocky teenager and then grew up especially in the last few years of his career and then into these first few years of retirement, where it really just seemed like he had a humility to him that uh, he grew into and he was gonna do great things off of the court. The guy won an Oscar, first uh, athlete to ever win one. A couple years ago and deserved it, and it just sucks to see it cut short. So it's tragic, and we got some awesome football to talk about. So I don't want to uh, put it on yeah. a sad note, but it totally deserves it. Kobe, uh, just absolute legend. Such a bummer, but we got to move on. We got to talk about uh, some Steeler stuff here real quick before we give you guys our Super Bowl preview, because we've already talked about it enough on commutes that it needs to be spread because <laughs> this is a... Because uh, we're so intelligent. No, because this matchup is incredible. But first things first, um, I don't. I feel like whenever you're on, we can't help but talk about Tom Brady. Yeah. And if my friend uh, David's listening, I'm sorry ahead of time. Who is uh, David? For what, yeah, well, he's going to be sad when we bash him, but you know what? He's a big boy. <laughs> he's got it under control. Um, but Tom Brady actually made the news for a good reason this week. He, get a, he gave a good... <laughs> He didn't kiss anybody. Um, He (laughs) gave a quote about Troy, because Troy's up for the Hall of Fame this year, which seems like a very redundant uh, kind of thing to say. But he had a quote about playing against Troy Palomaro. Brady said, One key to success for a quarterback is to study a lot of film in order to understand defensive tendencies and to know how the defense will try to defend everything you are trying to do as an offense, Brady said. But that never worked against Troy. He was one of the most instinctive and disruptive players I ever played against. Outside of his incredible athleticism, his greatest skill was his unpredictability. You can never quite get a beat on what he was doing. Um, And then the quote goes on. I assume what he meant to say after that was, you can never get a beat on what he's doing unless you know, you have the, the tapes of their defensive the signal calls. <laughs> or,
1: I, uh, yeah, I mean, to be able to watch, I mean, talk about uh, a true gift as a football fan. To be able to watch the best rivalry emerge in sports, I would argue, Steelers, Ravens, and as, yep. a, as a subplot of that rivalry, the two, two of the best safeties of all time, both of whom made their bones on unparalleled instincts in the game. I mean, in such a way that they were sort of in free reign.
0: And so incredibly different. I, you know, people are dumb. They're out there saying dumb stuff. Comparing Troy and Ed Reed, they don't play the same position. No. I mean, they don't occupy the same spot of the field. This is, everybody said this ad nauseum, right? We know that Ed Reed is the ultimate center fielder. He sits back, he lurks, he terrifies you, he takes the ball away from you. It sucks, unless you're a Ravens fan. And that sucks. But Troy, he plays mostly – he plays everywhere. Yeah. More around the line of scrimmage, but not just around the line of scrimmage. That's the thing about him. He makes picks in the back end. One, His highlight reel is maybe one of the best highlight reels in NFL history with, like, the crazy – Jumping uh, over the, the line of scrimmage. Yep. There's 10 of those. There's yeah. the fingertip catch. Maybe the best catch I've ever seen was uh, against the Chargers in the snow. He's had a bunch of the, you know pick sixes that sent Steelers to the Super Bowl, all kinds of stuff. But do you even think there's another guy who resembles Troy Polamalu in the current NFL or before him?
1: I think the cl- so I'm, I'm obviously biased. I think the closest one now would probably be jamal adams but he's not troy level he's like troy light you know he's somebody who moves around he plays close to the line i think he he did have a play this year i forget who it was against where he jumped over the line of scrimmage and stuffed a fourth and one or something like that so um and he's stout like troy but he is not he's not troy troy love uh not of troy's level of ilk um so i don't think I've seen anyone like Troy. The scary thing, and I can't remember if we've talked this, brought this up on the podcast, but I know you and I have talked about it, is that the Ravens wanted to draft Troy Polamalu, and there could have been a safety tandem of Troy and Ed Reed, which as a football fan is something I, uh, you know, that, you know, so I would love to see. But as a Steelers fan, you are very happy that that did not happen.
0: That, that would have never happened. Troy would have forced his way out and gotten to Pittsburgh. <laughs> they would have played Pittsburgh in the first game. He said, I need to be with these guys. I can tell. Yeah, it's weird, though. And like what you said about Jamal Adams, he does have some similarities. We've talked about that since day one in terms of his explosion, like that yeah. quick acceleration and his ability to just launch himself like a missile, uh, especially behind the line of scrimmage. Um, but, yeah, Troy, it's so wild. There are only a couple players I can think of like, Randy Moss, like uh, Barry Sanders, these players who, the way they played, it was so distinctive. Their movement on the field was like signature, right? And nobody plays the Troy position, the, the position of like, hey, just be everywhere.
1: Yeah, you... We're not going to tell you what to do. You just do what you want to do. And it's like a Lawrence Taylor type of player. That's kind of the person who came to my Man. mind. So distinctive, so disruptive. Somebody who sort of had free reign and was such a game changer. Um. Yeah. It, you, you, you sort of... I, I forget how long it's been since he played. Um, but uh, Dude, one thing no, I was watching... No I sent you this video. You know, the. Uh, it took... It walked through the, how far the Jets fell, like what happened to the Jets at the start of the Rex mm-hmm. Ryan era, era to uh, basically now. And pretty much the pinnacle of that Jets era, as brief as it was, was the Steelers game and when they went to the AFC Championship and lost. And kind of the, the one play that was the difference in the game was Troy's strip sack of uh, Mark Sanchez at the end of the first half that was returned yeah. for TD, and that ended up being the difference.
0: Yeah, people don't even talk about that one, right? It's just uh, buried under like the million oh, of, oh, course. Yeah, oh, of course did Troy make a turnover in the AFC Championship game. What else, what else is new? Yeah. yeah, it's just so interesting. Like to to the way he looked on the screen and I don't know, we'll, we'll be talking about him more uh, when he gets inducted surely, but it's cool having you on here uh, as someone who watched Troy but also as a fan of another team, even a fan of a team he played against, uh, to to notice what he did, but it's just so weird. It's like it'll never be like, beast mode. Like, the way he runs, it's so... He's yeah. kind of got this, like, side-to-side thing. When you see him, it's unmistakably like, oh, there he is, there's beast mode. Or Peyton Manning with the weird high knees and the high uh, shelf that he would hold the ball on. and Always chopping his it.
1: feet. Yeah, like, resetting himself. And then, of course, there's the hair, right? Troy's hair no. just made him even seem wilder and more um, unchained to a defense. It was great. Yeah, he's, he's sorely missed, but hopefully... Jamal can take that torch and Come on, Jamal. grow his hair out. And
0: take the Patriots out for us <laughs> so the Steelman can get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but now we got I some
1: th- new Steelmen uh, who are dominating the NFL, including the Pro Bowl uh, difference
0: maker that just happened yesterday. Well, you know what we say about the Pro Bowl it's important. And <laughs> TJ Watt <laughs> thinks so too. <laughs> TJ Watt! He's back in the headlines. Hey, pardon me. Okay, so I guess TJ, obviously, 82-yard return for a touchdown, fumble return for a touchdown in the Pro Bowl, uh, got into the end zone. All of the teammates do the hacky. We're going to slide into the end zone and take the picture like the Saints did. And for some reason, that's like the NFL norm now. You get a turnover. You go into the end zone and take the picture. And Lamar Jackson joined the picture. Like, he was, wh- why'd you do that? Yeah. T- TJ should have taken that opportunity to take him out. I, you
1: sort of love good sportsmanship, but it kind of does ruin the rivalry a bit. Rivalry fuels us. You know, I personally, I'm excited about the Super Bowl, <laughs> we're gonna get to it in a bit. But, um, you know, I loved when uh, Antonio Cromartie said, you know, Tom Brady, F Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> well, you know, our, what's kind of, it was weird for me. It was so exciting when the Patriots lost, because I root against them with all my heart and soul. They but should. once they exited the playoffs, I kind of had this emptiness. You know, like, what would Star Wars be without the Evil Empire? It'd just That's be a true. boring movie. So, um, I, I don't, I, I don't want to see that. Yeah, Lamar, back away. Back Get away. Get out of here. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, you're cool, and it's impossible to dislike you, and you're amazing to watch, and even Steelers fans secretly like you. Go away. <sighs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, no, I don't care. I think it's funny. But I do agree with what you said in terms of, uh, you know, it was fun when these people uh, disliked each other. And I'm sure they will, by the way, because now they're going to actually play against each other for a couple of times. You know, Lamar's new to the rivalry. I'm joking, you know. We went over this, My dad and I went over this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago because there were some Steelers fans. I must assume it was a small percentage, but they were actually rooting for the Ravens in the playoffs. We, uh, we, we put an end to that. We put that to bed. Why was but, that? Uh, I don't know. Be- because Lamar's cool? Whatever.
1: If you root for the Ravens because Lamar's cool, I, I'm sorry, you're not a Steelers fan. Under That's no I told them. situation where I root for the Patriots.
0: Thank you. I guess, you yeah. know,
1: I guess I could root for the Bills or the Dolphins just because it's like, who cares? Uh, right. And actually, I, I'm going to rescind that. The Bills are so born to watch, and Josh Allen no. uh, pretty much <laughs> reinforced everything I thought about him <laughs> at the end of that uh, first round playoff game. And so right. I won't root for them out of a desire not to see them ever in a meaningful game again But because um, I enjoy watching enjoyable games.
0: Right. Well, Pat, listen, Josh Allen hasn't been accurate for a year of his quarterback in <laughs> life dating back to middle school, allegedly, <laughs> where somebody found his middle school stats. But I swear, next year, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen.
1: Yeah. And so the good yeah. news is, is we have as exciting a match as you can have with probably yeah. the best quarterback in the league right now coming up Maybe. in a mere listen. five or six days.
0: People will get angry at this crap, but right now he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Like, uh, on a, you know, from what he did last year, what he's looked like the past two years, you can't really compare it. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback of all time. You need to have a much longer resume than that. But in terms of a quarterback being able to dominate games, which is uh, dependent on your skills, but also in your supporting cast, and he's got the perfect supporting cast in him, which includes coaching with Andy Reid. Um, This guy, this is as good of a quarterback attack as we've ever seen, whether it's those annoying Brady years in 2007 or more accurately, you know, Rogers and and some of the things he did or Peyton Manning or whoever it may be. Like, yeah, he's unstoppable and it's he's so damn good that it actually makes us all consider maybe this is going to be the first time ever in Super Bowl history, basically, that. The dominant offense, the number one offense type team, beats the number one defense type team because I sort of feel like, as much as I want the Chiefs, you know, I kind of want the Chiefs to win and see Andy Reid win and get see Patrick Mahomes win. It doesn't. It. It just. It doesn't usually work that way. I just feel like it's staring us in the face that San Francisco, with their defense and uh, their ability to run all over defenses, and Kansas City not having a good defense. It just feels like. It's going to be really difficult for Kansas City to win.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think when you and I talked, when the line opened up and the Chiefs were favorites, I know Vegas sets the line more so on where they think the bets are going to fall. But I think the 49ers, in my opinion, are the clear favorites. I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, even though I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, But the 49ers have the significantly better defense. And an offense that's right on par in terms of its ability to score points, with the Chiefs. Now, the difference is the quarterback, obviously. So, if the Chiefs can somehow force the Niners to put the ball in Garoppolo's hands by jumping out to a very quick, early 14-0 lead. I think that's the way they win this game. It's hard to imagine the Chiefs' defense stopping the Niners um, enough, you know, because the Niners' defense is much better than the Chiefs' defense, and as I just said, the Niners' offense is kind of on par with the Chiefs' offense, even though they have different types of offenses.
0: Sure, and I think there are other—I t- I, I don't know if they're quite on par with the Chiefs' offense overall, Like, um, de- but it depends on who they play. And they are going to be on par with the Chiefs' offense when they're playing against the Chiefs' defense, because— I'm sorry, they're they're average at best, and I know that they've had some good performances, but Tennessee's not a good offensive team, and, and Derrick Henry's done a great job, and Ryan Tannehill's a good story, but at the end of the day, they, ne- they didn't put up points on anybody. You know, they they beat the Patriots with a score in the teens. They beat the Ravens. They played kind of the perfect game. You know, the guy makes a one-handed moss catch in the back of the end zone, and Derrick Henry goes off. But the thing about the Titans is their running game is just a battering ram. It's straight ahead at you. And the Chiefs have some guys, Chris Jones especially, who can stop that. But the, uh, the 49ers is a totally different beast. I mean, they run inside, outside zone reverses with the receivers options screens everything all over the place and uh it's just hard to see them stopping them very much and i totally agree with um what you said it's, it's so funny that seems to be the chief's formula which is if they get up early it's lights out and i'm not saying it's light out lights out against um san francisco i'm just saying that might be the only way they can win only problem is it seems like the past few weeks They like to go down before they get back up.
1: Right. And it's hard to imagine if they go down, the Niners offense slowing down uh, enough to let the Chiefs catch up. And I guess what I meant when I said the offenses are kind of on par, it's kind of, you know, the Titans, I I guess you could think of the Ravens and the Niners as having the two best rushing attacks in the NFL, but the rushing attack, in my opinion, were very different. Um, Right. You know, I feel like the 49ers is the ground version of Blitzkrieg, and the Chiefs are the air version. <laughs> you know, if you think of Blitzkrieg in World War II, it's like this fast, quick, uh, lightning attack that can just – it's so explosive that – I mean, look what they did against the Packers. You know, you blink, yeah. and they're Ugh. blowing the Packers out.
0: That was, um, that was despicable, by the way. And
1: so I guess they have the ability – to put up a lot of points in a short amount of time and weirdly enough in this day and age do so on the ground you know do so with a quarterback who throws eight passes right so that's not a lot no no and yeah definitely the key is for the Chiefs to win is they got to make Garoppolo be the person who's going to beat them that's going to be hard to do
0: right I'm having some mic issues here, by the way. So if anybody's hearing this, it looks like my levels are okay right now. But uh, sorry if you guys are hearing that right now. I, I totally agree. It's like um, I, we've said this before on the podcast, but like Kyle Shanahan makes running the ball fun to yeah. watch. It's insane. And I just don't think that the Texans – and the Titans are a good measure for me to actually believe in the Chiefs' defense. But if you're asking me, do I think, it, um, do I think the Chiefs could go up 14-0? Do I think that that's uh, outside the realm of possibility? Oh, not at all. They totally can. Yeah. And the thing about the Chiefs is, like, so I don't think it'll be a blowout uh, either. I agree. It's like part of me thinks, like, I mean, I definitely think San Francisco is unquestionably the better team. Like, I like Andy Reid, like Kyle Shanahan more. And then if their offenses are almost on par, the defenses aren't anywhere close, right? Yeah. So, uh, but at the same time, I love that San Francisco's secondary might finally get te- God. tested. Because I just don't, I, they're good, but they mm-hmm. feast on the poor, it seems, a little bit. They haven't, uh, I can't even really think of a game where they've played, like, a great quarterback who can move around and buy some extra time with great receivers, and especially a team that likes to throw deep like that. So if they, uh, you know, they might have some, some jitters or something like that on the first series or, or so, although I think Kyle Shanahan probably will prepare them for that. Uh, but if they don't score, I mean, I could see a 60-yard Tyree kill touchdown. or Not even that. You know what I see? I see a 60-yard McCall Hardman touchdown or Sammy Watkins because the Niners do not have the personnel to go deep. Like that, and and so that uh, there is a chance that Kansas City could go up early, and I do think that's maybe not the only way. I mean, they could they could keep pace. You know what I mean? Like they could, like the the Niners could score and, and Mahomes could answer, and, and we could just see that for sixty minutes, which would be freaking awesome. But I do think that there is a chance that the Chiefs could go up fourteen zero. Although I don't think that that's overly likely. Definitely, and you,
1: you know you've. I've sort of never believed Richard Sherman to be on par with the great cornerbacks the last decade. Revis, Peterson, Ramsey. um, Because I think those guys truly shadowed receivers and played any type of receiver. Right. And so it's frustrating to see him, uh, I guess, get the accolades he's gotten this year again. Because I think you're right. They haven't been tested. And he sort of, they play to his strengths... Um, right now in the secondary and it would be fun to see them attack uh, the thing is obviously you know the 49ers have that pass rush and so how much time is yeah. Mahomes going to have to sort of sit back and he'll you know he's really good at manipulating the pocket and moving and creating time but they're fast and they're going to be coming after him so it's going to be interesting to watch you know I I know you've a lot of people think this is Mahomes right now is peak Mahomes. I still think that he was better last year. The defenses he's torn up are not, you know, the Patriots or the 49ers. You know, these were middling defenses. So I'm not personally that impressed. Now, one thing – or as impressed, I should say, as what he was doing last year. Now, one thing I would say is that, uh, you know, uh, Mahomes scrambling just does so much more to put stress on a defense and adds a completely different level to their offense that they really didn't have as much last year because they didn't need it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is scary. The dude's like still improving. Okay. So I, I do agree with you. Of course they haven't looked the same all season, but I will say this. They didn't just beat the Texans and the Titans. They embarrassed them. They thrashed them into pieces. So in, uh, Hey, they might need to do that against San Francisco, and then your point will stand of like, eh, unless you can thrash San Francisco, then you might be in trouble. I know that they can score, and even if San Francisco goes up 21 nothing, I know Mahomes will claw them back even if it's not, you know, even if it's all for naught or whatever. But one thing that does give me uh, encouragement about their offense is I think, and I thought this the whole year, there are two things about why I, I believe they took a step back this year. One, the biggest one, is Mahomes was super injured the yeah. whole year. I think people forget that he like sprained his ankle in the first game Big against one. Jacksonville when they still had Jalen Ramsey, and they just tore them into pieces, yeah. J- the, the Chiefs. But he hurt his ankle in that game, and then a few weeks later he hurt his knee. So he'd been walking wounded the entire year. Then he sort of started to... Uh, Um, Seemed like he was recovering at the end of the year. And then you get the bye, which I think when they got that bye, I was saying, man, this is so critical because this dude might finally get healthy if he's really not healthy. And then we see what happens. Secondarily, I think a lot of teams uh, and Mahomes said this. Reed said this. You can see a a lot of people talk about this. Teams just decided to take away those deep throws for Patrick Mahomes and try and make him beat you underneath. And I know people think that sounds easy, but – Listen, we're all Steelers fans here. That's kind of been Ben's Achilles heel over the years. Right? The Bengals and the Ravens have always been able to relatively bottle Ben up. Of course, he'll, he'll erupt against them every once in a while for six touchdown passes uh, uh, or a uh, Christmas uh, Day uh, last second <laughs> victory. <laughs> but for the most part, the Ravens and the Bengals were able to keep Ben contained because they play that too high system. They're like, Ben, just be patient. Uh, let's see if he'll do it and take <laughs> the underneath. Like, and he exists. nope. I'll be damned! Here's your
1: patience. 70-yard <laughs> touchdown pass to Martavis Bryant.
0: Woohoo! Where's he? I don't know. Let's do it to Deontay. But uh, yeah, exactly. So you have to learn how to play like that. The dink and dunk thing isn't always easy to do it effectively. If you th- if you don't if you dink and dunk, sometimes you're just that crappy checkdown guy. Like you know, sometimes Cousins can be. We've seen him do that in his career as opposed to the Drew Brees or the Brady or whatever who are kind of carving you up off of easy looking passes. So, I think that the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes himself got better at taking those underneath things. So, I I tend to think I agree with you. It's like it's hard for me to say that they are the 2018 version, but I do think that they're close to that.
1: Yeah. They're and I don't want you to think that I'm um their accomplishments over the
0: last year. no Oh, no, 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 not at all. No, we've had it. You, you've been right the whole year. You've been saying that the whole year. Like, this is good, but it's not 2018. And I think everybody agrees with you. That's why everyone talked about Lamar instead of Mahomes this year. Yeah. And so, you know, I think hands
1: definitely, um, they could explode against the Niners. They just have the, that type of offense. The, the, the path to victory, though, Seem much narrower for the Chiefs. You know, I just watched the last 30 minutes, again, of Endgame. I was on a Southwest plane coming from Austin last weekend. And uh, an Iron Man goes to Doctor Strange and he says, you know when you said this was the one in something million scenario? (laughs) And he's like, yes. He's like, is this it? And then he just held up his one finger to him. Uh, And it's like Patrick Mahomes is Iron Man. And the one scenario is if just
0: he goes God mode. Which he can, and maybe he will. Yeah. So I know you got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, do you have a prediction? Score prediction? <sighs> okay. Um, and I'm putting you on the spot here. We haven't thought I about know, it. I know. I haven't even thought about a score. I think I, we both know who we're taking.
1: Yeah. I, was, I would say that the
0: 49ers, 37 to 31. That's a really good score. Yeah, I was going to say 30, uh, 34, 31, probably 49ers, even though I will be rooting for Mahomes. And Steelers Nation, you should be too, because if the Niners win, they equal the Steelmen in Super Bowl championships and maybe another franchise. I, I can't remember if there's another one with six. But and the Steelers definitely have six. And let me just add one
1: more reason, okay? Please. Many of us are tortured f- sports fans out there. It's a bonding experience. It's, the, it's sort of the currency we all share in this world. For those spoiled sports fans, like the 49ers, and many of the people in San Francisco aren't even 49ers fans, they don't deserve this. Chiefs mm. fans, they're one of the most passionate, loud fan bases in all the NFL. They haven't been to a Super Bowl in 50 years. All right. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is so lovable. Wouldn't you love to see him hoist the Lombardi Trophy? And Andy Reid, one of the great coaches of the last 30 years, really, yeah. 25, 30 years, um, deserves a super bowl trophy so uh steelers outpost listeners let's uh let's put all of our energy behind these chiefs
0: yeah should be a fun one to root for and just remember patrick mahomes eats too much ketchup but that supports pittsburgh uh, in a roundabout way and the heinz affiliation so if Woo. you need anything else we got that Woohoo, we got a guy well that was awesome uh we're cut a little bit short today we could go forever uh we'll have you back on soon for sure it's so sad that it's ending, the, the season. It's the legitimately, legitimately depressing. I feel like you and I were just talking before week one when I was all excited for Ben Roethlisberger to lead us to glory. Uh, and now here we are again, but this is part of the fun as well as the big anticipation. Thank God we have such a cool Super Bowl. It's hard for me to see this one not being good. And, uh, yeah, we'll do some stuff over the off season. And uh, thank you for coming on the show, Pete Bush. We appreciate it. Always love being on, um, and thank you for having me. And look forward to doing it again, hopefully soon. Yes, sir. That's right. All right, everybody. uh, Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. And go Steelmen. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, guys. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler.